Welcome, everybody, to Mormons on Mushrooms. Uh, just a reminder that this is a storytelling podcast where we discuss alternative methods for healing from trauma and seeking a more fulfilling life. A lot of times on the podcast, we discuss triggering topics, and we ask that you make your personal mental health top priority. Uh, lastly, the opinions offered by our guests don't necessarily reflect the opinions of the hosts. Sit back, buckle up, and enjoy. just seems it just seems like it's a little more frequent lately right you know and so, so for, for me it's just like i gotta be better i, I just gotta I, I i gotta dive into some more shadow stuff but you know i did mike i am excited to talk today because i did come up with some fun little uh halloween facts that i can pepper in throughout oh, did you okay yeah because i came with nothing <laughs> well you know well because we did you know it's funny like we do we, we you know we did a thing where you know for christmas last year we had all sorts of like Christmas facts and like, well, and, you know, we kind of like almost like uh, our little thing of like, eh, you know, all these religions, they were, or all these uh, holidays, they were stolen by Christianity from, uh, you know, modalities that already existed. You know, we talk about Easter and Christmas and et cetera. Yeah. But, you know, a little love for Halloween. Halloween is a Christian holiday. They invented it. So we got to give them credit for that, you know, kind of thing. Oh, is it a Christian holiday? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes. So it's it it, it it's, and it's like a three day holiday. It's like all Hallowtide. So you've heard of like I mean All Saints Day, All Hallows Eve, is what we call Halloween. It's a whole thing that and, and it's kind of mixed in with some uh, Celtic and Gaelic thing uh, called something like Samwin. Samwin. Like Samwin was like a almost like a harvest celebration. You know. Okay. The reason it's like the reason it's like black and orange are the Halloween colors is because like it's 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 representative of the season of like, OK, we're, we're celebrating the harvest and with, with the harvest comes all the beautiful fall colors and the, you know, the, the pumpkins and, and, the, and, the, and the wheat, all, all the things that we're harvesting. That's the orange and the black is the and now we're transitioning into the days are short and dark the nights are long and 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 full of blackness type of thing you know and so you know cool cool little combination but to full credit christians have been celebrating uh all hallowed for to i mean 2022 years i guess like you know ish ish huh interesting i mean i don't know i've always loved halloween halloween's always been like one of my favorites i guess um i don't know i'm trying to think of what else i can say about it but like um what are some of the facts or were those the facts well, those were some of them i mean we I'll, I'll pepper them through if you want or we can just or we can just like take them all off real quick i mean i i got some stuff about you know jack-o-lanterns and i got stuff about uh, uh like costumes you know why we why we use costumes yeah uh um I got. A, I, I have a fun one about trick or treating, which I think is kind of. Uh, I learned that I didn't know, and probably everybody else knows. And I'm just like in the in the dark here. But let me let me let me let's let's get into it, and I'll. I'll or do you'll you want me to just like man, you'll find ways to pepper in? Okay, because I do want to hit on what you kind of started there with, like the whole shadow stuff. And yeah. Feeling it because I feel like I've been feeling it a lot more lately. It's kind of been this thing of like circling back to old shit 
you know, just reminding me how much healing is not a linear process. And yes, it's like the same old shit sometimes, you know, and then there's this whole shadow stuff that it's not this, you know, the, you did this thing once, Doug, we were talking about the Instagram reels and like digging up my trauma. And shadow. <laughs> <laughs> when I was dancing for you. Yeah. You're dancing. You're pointing the different like uh, <laughs> words that pop up. Like, yeah, that was one of my great, that was one of my great moments, right? I, that, that was a funny moment. I, w- I wish we could have made it a real actually, because it was yeah. great. And but what, what part of that, what spoke to me is this whole thing of like, you got to do your shadow work and how that phrase gets tossed around a lot. And I'm realizing, you know, it's, it's called shadow for a reason and your psyche is going to be terrified of it for a reason. And, you know, in, in school this quarter, we're doing a uh, course on active imagination and it's something we've talked quite a bit about on this podcast. But so I've been engaging in a lot of, active imagination lately and i had to stop actually just some of the imagery some of the things that were coming up were getting way too scary <laughs> oh really just really scary shit and didn't really know how to deal with it and so you know and talking i'm glad i have a really good therapist and talking to her on tuesday or i think i had her at, like on thursday this week but she was just like look you need to ritualize these more. You need to paint more. You need to draw. You need to, you need to do something to remind yourself that this is reality. And (laughs) the imagery you're seeing is coming from a, it's might be a real, might be a real dimension or, you know, the, the, the imaginary realm, whatever, but you need to ground yourself in this reality. And so I've taken a pause on doing the imaginations for a bit and yeah, so there's just been the same of like digging or like start cycling back to old shit, a lot of fear and just kind of the reality of the shadow. I guess the how real and intense those feelings can be. Yeah, that's really that's really interesting to think about because like, you know, we we also talk a lot about like dreams and 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 we you and I talk about most of our dreams to each other. We don't always talk about them on the podcast, but in talking about dreams, we do talk about the subconscious and 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 the shadow. But but you know, there's almost like this uh, get out of jail free card with dreams, right? Because it's like, well, I just I, I went to sleep. Like that's all. That, my involvement was that I just I became unconscious. I like passed out. You know, it, it, first of all, sleep is like one of the weirdest things in the world. Anyway, where it's just like you're. Like your body just shuts down for an extended period of time, and it's just like, all right, well, this is we're gonna we're gonna practice for death for a little while here. Yeah, but in that, in yeah, in that sleep part, you 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 know, your dreams they can be terrifying, they can be joyful, they can be funny and adventurous and weird and and flying. But also, we can then we can then like examine the dream. And be like, oh, okay, well, what is this? I mean, what, what does this feel like to you? And, and do other emotions come up with this kind of imagery? Or or who does this person sort of make you think about or represent in your life? And how and how could that be used as imagery for you? But when you're doing active, because you've you've been encouraging me to do some active imagination with some with some stuff lately. Yeah. And it is scary because because then it's just you, you got nowhere to hide, basically, is what I'm saying. Right? You you you, you get you got no 
scapegoat. Like your dream can be a scapegoat. It's like, ah, it's just a fuck crazy dream, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. But when you do active imagination and all that, those thoughts and that imagery and, and some of that like more uh, terrifying or, or obscene or, 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 Uncom- like like things that give us discomfort about ourselves. It's like, oh shit, this is just coming right from me. There's no external thing happening to, I'm not, I'm not watching a movie that has disturbing images and I'm not passed out dreaming and letting my sort of like letting the DMT flush in my, my brain create this imagery. I'm just thinking up these things in my, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's like, where sometimes where are these images coming from? Am I, is it coming from me? Am I think, you know, me is in like consciousness or is it the subconscious or like, um, it's more of a conscious particip- participation in the, in the act. Right. And so for me, where I wake up from, I mean, think of how terrifying the, the unconscious can be when you think about how like your worst nightmare, you just woke up from your worst nightmare and how terrifying and real that felt. But then you wake up and you're like, Oh, good. It was just a dream. And you, it, it, you see that distinction between, uh, waking life and dream life more vividly. There's more of a stark difference. You wake up to it, right? Yeah. Coming out from an active imagination. Sometimes it's just like you were, it's, it's blur, more blurry. Oh, to, uh, yeah. yeah the, that line. That line almost disappears, right? The line yeah. between, yeah. Which is why it can be so powerful and why I, it's, you know, uh, Jung and uh, these uh, depth psychologists recommend uh, imagery work and uh, and how even some say that they believe that even working with your imagination is even more effective than working with dreams um, at, at changing the subconscious because you're meeting, you're meeting the subconscious in a realm in this imaginal realm where uh, they say transformation can take place. It takes place in this liminal space between this, almost like this, this different dimension that we've cut ourselves off to in this like Cartesian, like a uh, dualistic uh, rational world we live in where it's like, Oh yeah, we, we dream, we, we sleep, we dream, there's nonsense, blah, blah, blah. It's the rational that, that means anything but that transformation comes in like the that space in between both of those. And that is like the imaginal realm. And so there is a power to it. And it's also why psychedelics are so powerful. Yeah. Because they take yep. us there, it, they drop us into that space in when we're still conscious. So we're it's more of a conscious participation, or like I guess you could say, even like a uh what do you call it when you're controlling the dream or when you're in the dream? Uh, lucid kind of yeah, thing. Lucid dream in yeah. a way kind of thing. Um, but it's also why, you know, we keep hounding the importance of like safety and uh, safe space and set and setting for psychedelics, because you're playing with your unconscious. You're, you're bringing it up and, and you can talk about, Oh, I'm going to go do my shadow work with as much heroic, vigor as you can but like (laughs) it's scary shit down there and you know part of it part of it is like you don't want to bring we're we're done bringing that heroic attitude to the unconscious where we're gonna go and conquer it and no the the hero needs to sacrifice and and surrender now to the unconscious to these unconscious forces that are so much more powerful than like i think our human minds can comprehend 
And yeah, anyway, that's what I've been dealing with. Well, I'd love to hear more about it if you're willing to talk. Because like, I think that you're hitting on something that we we probably need to um, like make clear or or, or almost like kind of maybe talk a little bit more about, you know, we, we, were, we, were, we were joking at first about that funny little play action I did for you when we were hanging out. Uh, where I was kind of pretending to be a person on Instagram and I was dancing out all my, all my, all my shadow stuff and like smiling and be like pointing at things like, Oh, working with my shadow. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. But the, 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 the issue is and that, that's why I get like, I I'm, I'm guilty of this more than anybody, which is to like claim I've done, you know, shadow work and that I'm, and I'm, I'm really into it and I'm going to go do more. I'm excited about it. And it's like, it's that there's something almost insincere about that because like true shadow work is a fucking pain in the ass, man. It uh-huh. It's scary and it sucks and it, and it's painful and it's like stuff we don't want to maybe come face to face with. Do you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. it should, it should be exhausting and it should be like, uh, uh you know, it, it, hard and, 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 desperate like you feel like you feel unloved and, and hated and and you, so you deal with self self-loathing you know yeah and so I, i'd love to talk more about it with you i just wanted to make sure that uh the point you made was was kind of highlighted a, a little bit of dude this is not just like oh it's gonna be a fun weekend i'm gonna take like a little bit of drugs and do some shadow work it's like oh that sounds awful yeah. and it should sound <laughs> awful and i don't want to discourage people from doing that i mean no. i think there's a I think reason it's why important it's, to do it's the work we need to do there just needs to be a container for it and make sure you have those containers make sure you know whether it's a good therapist friend someone to help a good guide to hold you in that process and someone you can feel safe with sharing afterwards who's going to help you kind of come back to reality and then also the importance of of you know grounding yourself in reality with uh art and ritual and kind of reminding yourself um, that this is the waking life and I want to live here in the waking life too. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, as far as I guess what's been coming up, I mean, there's just been a lot of fear in me lately. That's like borderline paranoia, I guess. Oh, okay. Where the fear gets so intense that I think the hooks kind of get more and more ridiculous. You know, I think paranoia is almost this thing of like, you know, we have fear in everyday life and it might attach to like uh, work or money things like, oh, what happens if I don't have enough money or work or it might, or relationship things, you know, what happens if this person leaves me or this person doesn't love me. And and the stories are are mostly believable, even though they're, you know, it's, it's a hook for the fear, but the stories don't seem that far-fetched. Um, I think there's a thing with paranoia where the the fear is more intense. It's like bigger fear, but the hooks are more ridiculous. Mm. But because yeah. the intensity of the fear is so strong, you you almost believe these ridiculous hooks because of how intense the fear is. Yeah, something something that if someone else were to say like like speaking of those hooks, you've you've done this for me in in the past and recently, where it's like I, those hooks, I can create an entire story. I could create a whole narrative about what's going on, you know, what what what's happening, uh, you know, with other people or at work or with the money or globally, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like 
sometimes they're so ridiculous that a friend can say to you, hey, let's examine this a little bit. But when you don't have that external person or or even if you don't know how to do it yourself, which I clearly don't, it it's like no matter how ridiculous, it just augments the fear that you're having or the paranoia that you're having because you're we have we have vast capacity to freak ourselves out. We we have vast capacity to remind ourselves of our mortality, of our imperfections, of our shame, of, of, of all the things. And it gets really easy, right? To just be like, everyone's doing this behind my back. Everyone, this is all, there's always a conspiracy going on or something like that. On an individual level or a global level, that can happen. Uh-huh. We're so watching like- it happen. Because like, I mean, Doug, there, I mean, several times and we've done this to each other, vice versa, where, we, you know, you, we talk about something that we're worried about and one of us, the other person's like, okay, you know, that's catastrophizing though, right? Like, right. that's right. not, that's not happening. That's not going to happen. There's no realm of existence where that's going to happen. Yeah. And so it's not even worth worrying about, but just having someone to check that against is invaluable. You need that. And especially if you're going to engage in any type of shadow work right you need like someone who can check you on this shit um i've just been trying to sit in and be mindful of what i want to share about it i want to keep some in like the therapeutic container a little bit but there's one part i think and because i've talked about this before you know uh, i think it brought up a lot of my scrupulosity type fear of you know when i nice word by the way yeah it's an interesting word right yeah good word yeah sorry um of like when I was on my mission or about to go on my mission, feeling like I have done something terrible and I just don't remember. Yeah. And so going into one of these active imaginations, it was like this thing of like, what if I have done something terrible and I've just repressed it? Have you seen, have you seen that show severance on Apple TV? Yeah. Yeah. Good show. Uh, but anyway, for it's a show where it's like they undergo this procedure where uh, they, almost like split themselves where uh psychologically i guess because when they go into work they don't remember anything about their day uh daily life yeah and and then when they leave work they don't remember anything about their work life and so it's almost like they're two different people and separated it's like well what if i've repressed something and i've done something terrible and now i'm split and it's like i don't remember it because i've just repressed it i mean that's what, what repression would be Right. And it was just this intense fear. And my therapist was so good about it. She's just like, okay, yeah, you're feeling original sin. Oh, shit. Wow. You know, like, it, this is not like you did something terrible. It's like what you felt as a baby. And when you were birthed into this existence and left the garden, you have this feeling of, I've done something terrible and I don't know what. You know, suddenly oh. m- mom's not there to pick me up when I'm crying. I am, I'm alone and naked in this world. I've done something terrible. What have I done? Holy shit, man. Yeah. Think of the intensity of that fear as a two day old baby or right when you're, or even just right when you're birthed into the world, like you, you cry, you know, you're, you're birthed in the world. All of a sudden you were in this like loving womb of existence in within the mother, you know, the great mother. And now you're birthed out naked and screaming and cold and feeling all the sensations just like overwhelm you. 
I mean, that's gotta be an intense moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That like, uh, yeah, I have a lot, I have a lot of like directions that I want to go with this. I'm trying to think of maybe back to severance. Um, you know, in that TV show, they refer to their different versions of themselves as their innie and their outie, right? Yeah. Their innie, their innie is the one that is in the workplace doing a mysterious job that they don't even quite understand or know what they're doing. And they're in the bowels of this huge building, like down, but way deep below the surface, right? Like yeah. uh-huh. there's a reason that they're, that that's the imagery that the show gives us. And that's their innie. And there's a reason that their outie is always uh, on the outside and interacting with people and has a whole life going on. And, and you're sitting here with this sort of, especially, you know, someone like you, who's kind of like a chronic confession confessor. Yeah. It's like, well, how can I be sure that my innie didn't do something that my Audi's not aware of? Yes, right. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's, fuck, that's fucking, that's fucking hard to like come to terms with. Right. Yeah. Cause then it's like, could I, could I ever forgive that any? And then, but then it's like, also, was I responsible, you know, or like, or what? It's this thing. And as children, psychologically, it's safer to believe the problem is with us than the outside. If the problem is with God, the problem is with our parents. That's scarier as a kid than if the problem is with me, then I can control it. Right. And so even, I think we have this sense, you know, even as, as infants that like, what did I do to cause this? Yeah. Wow. And I'm internalizing telling. that blame when it's like, no one's to blame. It's part of this whole design. It's part of whatever design we, we created up here is we had to leave the garden. We had yeah. to, to leave. And we're always one. We're always trying to be like worthy enough to go back, but we don't even want to go back. Right. Mm-hmm. We're, we never want to go back to the garden. No, but like, in fact, if going back to the garden is dying, we're trying to escape it at all costs. And yet we still wonder if we're going to be welcomed back or worthy back. Yeah, she's gonna, the mother's going to swallow us whole again one day, whether we're dipshits and assholes or whether we're saints, you know? And, all of, and all of us just going to swallow us all up, right? Yeah. The, 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 this, this Pachamama, like this earth, she's she's undefeated yeah uh-huh. right like <laughs> i mean like, well unless you can consider, consider jesus i guess but <laughs> okay right jesus like slipped one past the old goalie there but like <laughs> but like literally mathematically okay let's use jesus as our example if jesus represents one of the you know 140 billion human people that have ever lived on this planet like mathematically, she's still it's it's still a hundred percent, right? Like right, yeah, <laughs> like one out of 120 billion is is so fucking many decimals, it doesn't even count. We wouldn't even it would be a rounding error, is what you and I would call it, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so it's like, well, she's undefeated. Uh, you know, we 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 you and I, I think, and a lot of our a lot of our homies get kind of riled up about the what we're doing to the planet as far as you know, climate change, global warming, uh, pollution, toxins, all that kind of stuff. But it's 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 also not even all that sincere because it's like, well, we're trying to fend off death for future generate like our children's children's children, whatever it is, because the earth itself, like polar ice caps melting and 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 uh, the jungles being on fire and fucking oceans drying up. 
earth's going to be just fine. Like given time, the earth has seen it all. And we're going to, we, we as a species are going to come and go and we're going to be a fart in the wind. Right. Yeah. And the earth will recover. And so even our, even our, uh, you know, sometimes self-righteous, like we care about the planet kind of thing is hollow because really we care about like human life on the planet. Like that's the thing we prioritize, right? Well, even if, so I was in a crystal shop yesterday and it came to mind someone who once told me, uh, I forgot who it was, but someone was really just complaining about how humans harvest these crystals and use it for their own purposes, you know, and whatever. And like, I think they can own a piece of the earth and I get it. But then I also think that like, dude, this crystal is going to be around here so much longer than me. This crystal, I'm like a blip in its existence. So yeah, if I moved, <laughs> if someone moved it from one place to the next and I had it in my possession for a brief moment, the crystal's not even going to remember me. <laughs> like, no, no. The rock. Yeah. We're talking about rocks here. Like the one thing, the one thing that this planet that is hurtling through space, orbiting the sun has plenty of is rocks of different colors, <laughs> like shiny rocks, metallic rock. Like we got, we got it. We got it covered. The earth got it covered. And, you know, yeah, I'll take a, I'll, I'll take a, a black tourmaline and, and, and instead of it being, you know, kind of like under some dirt, I'll move it up four feet so that it's sitting on is out of the dirt and is sitting on my my dresser or my desk or whatever or my table. You know what? That 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 black tourmaline don't we have two shits about it. And the earth doesn't feel like we we've been ravaging her and it's gonna be back sooner. It, that shit will be back and and around longer than I have a desk. I can tell you that. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so I get both. I I just kind of see both sides of it. But then I also think that's a very human centric way of looking at it. I, like I don't want to come across as like we shouldn't take care of the earth oh i'm yeah we're pro yeah i mean i'm i'm saying we are i guess environmentalists or whatever kind of ism you want to like you know attach to it but also the earth is way tougher than you and me yeah it's almost like this uh, you know (laughs) one of the first times i think was that oregon experience when i was on mushrooms it was around the time i mean this was pre-covid but I think there's a lot of like global warming fear coming up in me, uh, which does quite a bit, but like, um, there was this sense of like, it was like exactly what you're talking about. Oh, the earth is just going to, it's going to be just fine. It's we humans that are going to be in trouble. So like we environmentalism in that sense makes sense because of us, we're here to save humanity and other species on this planet. Um, cause the earth is just going to recycle, renew and, spit out whatever the next incarnation is going to be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The earth is like, there's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I give me time. Give give me some time. Like this shit sucks. Like you're putting literal like poison into me or, and and you're covering me in plastic, just whatever. But it's not like me eating a bunch of plastic. It's like, okay, well, Doug's going to die. He's eating too much plastic. The earth will eat enough plastic. Then just be like, all right, I've, I've figured out how to, I've figured out how to, turn this into something too, by the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess back to that, like the fear part. Yeah. Sorry. I went on a whole 10. Feel this very primal fear and it's nothing we did. Nothing. There's nothing we need to repent of or whatever. It's just like, we're feeling fear 
And that fear is part of being here. And with any shadow stuff, that fear is also super intense and can be very intense. And yeah. So I started working with the mantra. I sent that to you, right? Yeah. Mantra. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll see how that goes. 40 days. I did it yesterday. It worked good, I think. We'll see. But yeah. Well, I'm, I I haven't started yet. I was going to start tomorrow, but uh, uh, I'm in. Yeah. So so I, I might be, start, sounds like I'll be two or three days pa- be behind you. Okay. That's fine. Which that makes sense to me. I, I feel like I'm usually just a few steps behind you when it comes to cool shit. Oh, it depends on the shit. Cause I think it's a reverse in some ways. Um, but just to talk about that mantra real quick, in this case, it's like called the green Tare mantra. Mm-hmm. And it's like protection from the eight fears. I don't know what the eight fears are, but I guess there's eight of them. So it's Om Tare Tutare Ture Soha. And you repeat that. 108 times. 108 times. And so I got yeah. these mala beads. So I'm going to be repeating it and we'll see how it goes. Now, the, the woman who recommended this to me, she was like, look, be, just, just keep in mind that in the next few weeks, like a lot of fear is going to be coming up. And it's like, oh, great. That's what, that's what I'm <laughs> dealing with anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. More just pilot on More. top. Yeah. But I think there's it's coming up, but you're you're bringing it up consciously. You're seeing it. You're experiencing it. Just know, just don't attach to the stories. Breathe deep. Scream into a pillow if you need to. And I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Hey, Mike, remember how I said I was going to try to find ways to pepper in some of my uh, little Halloween facts? Yeah, I knew you this, would. Yeah. This is one of those times. Are you ready? Uh-huh. So uh, I was reading about like the origin of of costume like getting dressed up in little costumes mm-hmm. on halloween right yeah and the belief you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago the belief was that there's all these evil spirits and and this time of year is kind of when the evil spirits you know there's more darkness it's a, it's a death decay kind of cycle for for the planet and so there's this belief that these evil spirits kind of have like carte blanche like they, they have access more access than, than any other season of the year. Hmm. And so the reason we wear uh, costumes is because the belief was that if you could, if you could trick, like if you, if you could fool an evil spirit into thinking you were something else, like that you weren't you, yeah, that it would leave you alone. Like the evil spirit would move on, go to something else, go find somebody else type of thing. Right. Yeah. And so it's kind of, it's almost to me like the thing that we're talking about of like, Oh, okay. Well, shadow work, these evil spirits, whatever, like we're actually, we're actually going through the process of unmasking ourselves and, and, and and embracing or, or, or starting a dialogue with, or relationship with that evil spirit that, because the evil spirit is, is us. It's, it's it's shadow stuff. Right. And so it's, it's scary. (laughs) I'd rather just put a fucking mask on and, and, let the evil spirits pass me by and go down to the neighbor and t- take care of that. You know, I love this. Well, two reasons. One, cause it, yeah, it is. You you'll realize that evil spirit is you and that we are p- part of the, the shadow work is realizing that we have all this evil inside of us mm-hmm. that, you know, when we were, uh, came out of the garden and now it's like good and evil we contain both good and evil. So now all of a sudden we want to hide our nakedness, right? Yes. Like our, because yeah. we, we 
recognize that maybe we didn't recognize, but we felt all of a sudden that, oh, whoa, I contain both good and evil. But then there's also this thing of like, it's you, but then I think you can look through it to be, but it's not me either. It's older than me. It's bigger yeah. than me. Yeah. Fear, uh, I'm to, fear, greed, sexuality. I was, I wouldn't say sexuality, but there's a lot of shadow in sex, I guess, but like, um, horniness, I should say. Lust. Like, I mean, lust, lust is one of, yeah. Um, trying to think of murder, uh, prejudice, envy. We have all of that, yeah. but it's also outside. It's like, it's bigger than us. It's older than us too. And so I think there's that recognition of both that's very important in all of it. Well, and I would add, I love what you're saying because I would add that we wear a lot of masks. Like that, that's like so cliche, right? Uh, it's like I learned that when I saw Jim Carrey in the mask when Ben Stein was the psychologist or whatever who's like, yeah, oh, the masks we wear. Like I learned early that like, oh yeah, I wear a lot of Doug masks. I wear a Doug mask for Mike. I wear a Doug mask for my family. I wear a Doug mask for my coworkers. Like I wear a lot of masks, but it's always the same fucking face, you know? So like the idea of getting dressed up and really actually putting physically on a, a, a costume or a, or a disguise, it, there's something free. Like if you go out like on a Halloween adjacent weekend or or night of or whatever, like it's not just kids trick or treating. It's adults dressing up and going out and getting drunk. But because there's like this safety of like, oh, Halloween's the night that I can kind of let my freak flag fly a little bit. Halloween's the night that I don't have to be me. I don't have to be any of those versions of me. I can be fucking, you know, Zorro, or 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 I, or I can I can be a you know spooky ghost, or I can be a, you know a vampire. I can be whatever, and I, I can't really be held accountable for. It's expected of me to have this mask and to and to be a different version of myself. You know what I mean? Rather than the 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 way that we kind of fool ourselves into thinking that all the other masks that we wear for everybody else, those are the, the, the we're, we're we're fooling people with that. Like that, that, no one no one knows that that's happening. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I'm glad you remember that because the only thing I remember about the mask as a child is Cameron Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, hard to it's it's hard to remember any other part of that movie because th that movie came out at the very, very right time of my formative years where I was like, oh, uh, turns out I really, really, really like uh, girls. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting. I, I like that fact, man. Kind of a fun one, right? That's a fun one. And, yeah. Um, what a cool time of year too in that sense you know i mean you think of it too like with day of the dead and i mean probably all the the celebrations going along the globe of, around this time you know uh, well i couldn't agree more and 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 to me it you know you said at the beginning that halloween has always kind of been one of your favorite holidays and i i've never really um appreciated halloween the way that maybe i i'm trying to now learn a little bit more about it because if you if you kind of couch it in that con that Christian concept of this is the time when you know the ghouls and ghosts and spirits and spooks are out like like they got more they got more access or something like that. But it's also you know you think of like Dia de los Muertos, so like where it's like oh this is also where we honor our dead and and the saints and all of that kind of stuff. So like it's kind of like the time of year where we all kind of either 
intentionally or inadvertently acknowledge this concept of that that veil between uh the waking the life the, like the living and the dead is a little thinner and it's a there's a little bit more you know our thoughts go to the those who have come before us and and what does that mean and when is their spirit live on and there's also everybody's got their interpretation and religion has it and non-religion has it everybody has that thing of of like oh okay well then if we really are in that uh you know celebrating our dead and and honoring and remembering them but also being kind of on the lookout for uh you know spooky evil spirits it's like I think it does ground us a little bit more of, of of being a little bit more aware of our own mortality or being aware of 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 what we consider to be perhaps external being really quite an internal battle uh, that each one of us has to face. Well, even with our ancestors, I know in the last few years I've felt really called to like I've wanted to um, celebrate Day of the Dead uh, or do something around it, and I yeah. I don't because. It's hard when it's not in the culture, you know, it's like it's totally true. I have a hard time just doing Halloween traditions or Christmas traditions sometimes or whatever, you know, and then to like, oh, wait, now I'm going to do this Day of the Dead celebration when I don't even know where it really is or what to do. Right. But I love combining that spirit work or the spirit stuff with Halloween with the ancestors, like the our spirits and honoring like people in our life who have passed, but also, but in, in a way that feels better than like, I don't know, Memorial day, like putting flowers on their grave. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like, if this feels like more like, I don't know, there's something about how I perceive day of the dead. It's like, we're going to have like a party and the dead are going to come party with us. Yeah. Coco. You know? Almost like what I, you know, what I this talking about when I sing that ancestor song in like uh more Palooza. Or I kind of want like, let's bring our ancestors here to party with us because, you know, um, I don't know. I think it's, there's a sense of like seeing our own, own mortality and also seeing it in the way of like, yeah, we're here and it could be a very brief moment. So let's like, let's celebrate this. Let's celebrate being alive and celebrate those who have come before and let them come and just remember them and leave out uh, offerings for them to come and come be in the celebration with us, you know? Dude, I'm loving this because it's, it is right. It, it's like Memorial day always comes, uh, you know, the last weekend or the last Monday after the last weekend in May or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but it's always like May 28th or something like that. Right. Like that's yeah. Memorial day is always late May. And in late May, it's like, Oh, okay. We're going to go put flowers on, you know, grandma's grave or whatever it is. And, but it's this kind of peaceful kind of almost, beautiful so it's a spring day and it's a lot of times there's like a nice little cool breeze it's not the it's not the hot days of summer there's rebirth going on you know regeneration life new life and light is there and that's great that's a celebration of it's it's a celebration of uh, we're still alive and uh remembering everybody else that's not still alive Mm -hmm. right yeah but then i like this idea of, of around this time of year where it's like, oh, great. Yeah, let's celebrate that we're still alive. But let's recognize that there's there's a lot connecting us as we enter into the death season. Like as we as we enter into the death cycle, that there is a there's a lot stronger connection between us and the dead and our ancestors and those who have come before us than 
you know, eating Kentucky fried chicken at the cemetery and sitting on a blanket and putting flowers and going and, you know, hanging out, going on a hike or whatever. It's like this time of year is like, no, no, it's, it's time to sort of slow things down and the darkness is here and death is here. And let's be more aware of that, uh, of, of how clear that bridge is between the living and the dead. Well, and I almost think maybe you phrase it wrong in the sense of like bring, inviting the dead to party with us. It's like, maybe we're entering more in a celebration like that. We're entering into more of their space. Like, let's go, right. yeah. the, let's go party with the dead in the underworld, in this yeah. liminal space. Um, yeah, I kind of like that too. And you know, with Memorial Day, it all gets mixed up with patriotism and American flags and, you know. Right. It, it, like, yeah. yeah, it does. You know, I think a lot of people, I mean, if you say, well, what's Memorial Day versus what's Veterans Day or or what's Labor Day? You know, I think it's all like, oh, it's it's a holiday that creates a three-day weekend. And it's all about, you know, I mean, Labor Day. We have Labor Day that celebrates the labor movement, like like literal unionization and the labor movement in the United States, right? Yeah. We have a Memorial Day that's like, kind of like you're talking about been co-opted into being like, well, this is like, you know, kind of for our soldiers and kind of for our grandma and kind of all that. It's all hot. It's all like mixed into the same stew. Maybe we got ourselves stew going. <laughs> right. Yeah. Veterans Day is right on. It's like, OK, these are it's for our veterans, like veterans, go veterans. Thank you for everything that you've done to, uh, you know, fight for our freedoms and stuff like that. But Halloween, there's no, there's nothing to hide behind. Halloween is just like, hey, let's all get, let's all get goblined up and spooky and dead and go for it, you know? Yeah, there's no co-op in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, well, I didn't mean to grind this thing to a full-blown halt. We were, we were, we were kind of talking about like, you know, shadow work. What, what? Well, do, I don't know. Want to go down that path? I just think- Okay, yeah, let's just maybe we need to wrap up the shadow work piece of it in a way is like I just want to emphasize, I guess, that it is important. It is, I guess, the, the work. It's the important work. It's what we need to be doing. I just think there just needs to be caution and um, care and uh, intentionality and um, and the realization that you're going to see some scary shit. And, you know. Really scary shit. Yeah, I'm gonna see some scary shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, do you, you have any other uh ready for another fact? Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh during medieval times, uh trick or treating wasn't uh it wasn't even the thing that I think a lot of us think about now of like, oh, the old does somebody didn't give you a treat, you did a trick, you know, type of thing. Like, oh, toilet paper their tree or whatever. Like in the midi, like during the medieval times, uh, poor, like the 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 poor peasant class would go from house to house, knocking on doors, and people would prepare these round cakes that they called soul cakes, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was like in supplication, you know, you go from door to door and be like, it would be a time of year to celebrate, like, okay, I have some that I can give. Whereas those who are coming door to door have nothing and need some, something kind of thing. Right. So it was, it's kind of this cool, uh, like we're all in it together, kind of like acknowledgement, right. It's it's kind of this thing of like, Hey, this is an opportunity for us to provide nourishment and, and, and a little bit of love to those living among us who's, they are still living 
but are maybe facing, you know, death or facing the, 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 the horrors of life that we maybe don't face as much mm. type of thing. So I, I thought that was kind of a cool little uh, tidbit, you know? That's cool. Now, if you didn't give them a soul cake, would they do a trick or is that not part of it either? Well, that didn't show up in my in my limited reading as far as like what would happen if you did not give someone a soul cake. Yeah. By the way, soul cake is a cool fucking word. That could be like a name of a band or something like that. Soul cake, right? And even the, the fact that it's round, you know, like. Uh, yeah. Yes. That wholeness. And um, it's interesting because I've been reading a lot on the word soul. You know, I think we've conflated it too much with spirit where it's like, yeah. um, what I've been reading is like, no, it's like the opposite of, of spirit where spirit is like the ascent, like the ascent up the mountain to spirituality and think of meditating on top of a mountain and bliss and enlightenment where soul is down in the earth and the depths and the, um, and in this imaginal realm we're talking about, like th- that's the realm of soul is like this bridge between, uh, like waking physical like physical reality spiritual reality of spirit of thought and inspiration um and yeah m- meditation mindfulness insight um and then soul is that like beat and that rhythm and the heartbeat and like the and the imaginal realm that bridges like spirit and physical together oh yeah man and um so that's kind of cool that like the soul cake you know what you're offering to these people and what they're receiving you know it is that soul like you know something uh can't put into words but you know the feeling of it i guess yes it's something that is tangible that uh is is provides sustenance right that the it 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 it, it's nourishing it like feeds that concept of where body and spirit uh you know in 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 the core of us in the base of us uh meet and and create soul right yeah yeah so like uh even uh james hillman who is the father of archetypal psychology he he believed that this life our existence is the veil of soul making that we're here oh wow to for our soul's growth and to become what our soul wants us to become in a way you know um and and so therefore you know he was very uh kind of radicalized notion of therapy that like if if our therapy practices are not encouraging this growth of soul if we're just treating symptoms and trying to you know treat people's depression to get it away or anxiety like the goal of therapy is to remove symptoms like no it's that instead of listening to the symptoms, like what's the story? What's the myth in the symptoms? What wants to be expressed? What wants to come out? What wants to be lived through the symptoms that it's like through our symptoms, we come to uh, experience the soul. Oh, wow. And, you know, you think about that now, like how much in, in our society, we, we try to just to like, you know, symptoms are bad and we try to like take medication or whatever to even psychedelics. Like, Oh, I'm, treating my depression with psychedelics or I'm doing this because I have severe depression, which I get it. Like I've been, I mean, I'm not, that's how I started taking them because I had severe anxiety and depression and I needed, I needed something. And, but I think of, you know, what's happened, you know, why psychedelics are so, I think useful and effective is because they 
teach us like we're not masking a symptom here or we're not trying to get a symptom to go away. We're trying to see what your soul wants through that depression. What's what what it's telling you. Uh what what your fear and anxieties are telling you. What wants to be lived that's not being lived. And that through that experience and getting close and actually turning towards those symptoms, you you birth your soul, your soul comes out and you start experiencing the world through your soul. Am I making sense with any of that? Dude, you're, you're, you're making sense. And I think it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of a cool thing to reference back to a thing that you were talking about earlier when, 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 you know, you and your therapist were talking about, you know, original sin or, or feeling the, feeling the guilt of something that you don't have control over. Right. Or, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times on the podcast, we, we talk about childhood, um, whether it be childhood trauma or uh, parenting your inner child to like change some of those experiences. You know, a lot of times we've had people on the podcast who have talked about like, oh, can you go back to your your earliest childhood memory where you where you remember feeling something where, you know, what was that first like break? Like what was that first feeling of like some kind of trauma? And a lot of times you can go back through memory and you can kind of really vividly put yourself into that, into that spot. And you can through imagination, through, uh, you know, sort of like, uh, holding your, your childhood self. We talk about little Doug and little Mike a lot mm -hmm. you can almost like reparent them. Right. Uh -huh. But that's this like, uh, sort of like abstract, uh, doing things in the, do, doing things through meditation or, or active imagination or, you know, all the things that we kind of, you know, plant medicines help with that a lot. Right. But the other thing that I was talking to somebody about this, just, just the other day, actually, one of the things that we also talk about that is not different and maybe, and maybe is, is, is sort of like a, an extension of a lot of things that we, that we talk about that you've mentioned a couple of times is tapping into that, creativity that flows so freely when you're a child where it's not necessarily that you have to go back and metaphysically you know hold on to a child but it's where you uh, you almost give yourself permission to let to release some of that childhood creativity and imagination you know as we become adults we lose that and 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 you know we feel self-conscious about the way we dance or we feel like we could never paint a, a picture or, or we, we, painting is a messy, you know, waste of pain in the ass, waste of time, or, or we don't, we're not good enough at doing it. We couldn't, or we, you know, play music, right. Right. You know, we talk a lot about music in here, writing a song, all that kind of stuff, like all these different creative outlets that as a child, you would never feel like, Oh, hell yeah, I'll do it. I'll do all those things. Like at, 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 at 10 AM it's finger paints time at, at noon. It's, it's music time at, at two o'clock it's playing cops and robbers. It's just yeah. like, no, there's no end. Right. And then it's like, Oh, they put on a song and everybody does kind of a funny little dance and they dance like a chicken or they do the hanky pokey, hokey pokey, hanky pokey, which one? Hokey pokey. <laughs> hokey pokey. Yeah. Yeah. That later becomes hanky pinky. Yeah. But, uh, um, but it's like, I, do, do you see what I'm trying to say here as far as like the difference here? It's like, yeah, like through psychedelics or ecstatic dance or breath work or whatever it might be, we almost have the ability to um, not only interact with and re-love that inner child. We, we, we give, we give it the permission or, or more of a, a conduit to come out, to come back to us yeah. a little bit. To, uh -huh. And, and and therein lies the healing, right? 
when when suddenly you have less uh, you know adult adult instituted self-consciousness about like oh i'm gonna move around and dance oh i i've painted this picture and instead of being like oh is it good or bad like my kids have never said is this good or bad there's like which one's best <laughs> you know they, they all paint a picture and i'm like well clearly some of you have skills and some of you don't <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but they never think about like oh i'm good or not good at drawing like no kid has ever kids are just like i'm gonna draw yeah uh-huh. does that make sense no, and it's, tapping it's back unlocking into- and, and and giving permission for us to live in that childhood uh wonder or imagination or creativity no i love that you brought that up because i think you know going back tying back into like my active imaginations i was doing i think I tend to naturally drop in and look for the scary shadow stuff or yeah. the dark stuff. Like what am I feeling that feels gross or dark or icky or scary? And I go to that place instead yeah. of a place of like, and I'm not saying don't go there. I'm just saying that like, if you're going there every time you're doing it, you're going and like, bring me the fear and bring me this and that like, okay, be careful what you wish for. Cause it's going to come out. Whereas I've had, you know, also like, inner child meditations or something where um, I'm sitting there and little Mike is out there just kind of running around and dancing and banging a drum and like dancing in front of me. And I'm just like watching him dance and, you know, or like painting the walls with his hands and stuff and um, tapping back into the play. And, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, my therapist was reminding me of with that ritual of painting or playing or, you know, uh, Jung, when he was doing a lot of his active imaginations, where, by the way, he, I think he was borderline, he was almost, he was grappling with a psychosis almost when he was yeah. doing all those. And he created the Red Book out of it. And, you know, this where he got his visions, which created his psychology. Um, but he would build uh, castles out of rocks. He would construct these, he would go outside and just build castles to keep himself grounded, but also grounded in play. That like this, we can bring a little more fun to some of this. And, Gosh, man! You know, um, and then the 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 fact that like some of these symptoms, you know, we keep, you know, the the myth of like uh, therapy is tell me about your mother and tell me about your parents. Um, and but sometimes you might be feeling anxious because your soul wants something to come out and being experienced right now or in the future. It's like a forward or the word is like teleological pull towards mm-hmm. the future rather than a regressive pull. It might not be like, you might be trying to dig in your past. Like for example, like what I was talking about, like what did I do wrong yeah. in my past? It might just be more of a fear of what's to come that I'm projecting in my past, trying to dig there. Where it's like, no, you're just, there's like a world opening up for you that you're stepping into that you're terrified of. You don't want to leave the garden right now. You're, you're like yeah. in your own little garden and you're scared of taking that step through to this new, because we're always kind of like taking new steps out into like a, a broader world expanding in a way. And that intense fear could be more around that forward pull, pull than anything regressive. And so I think a lot of times we're too focused on the past, you know. And I'm, lo- I'm loving this part right here. Yeah, like I'm loving it. <laughs> What's that? That's the part. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm just saying like, um, you know, you, you've kind of referenced the garden a few times and like, well, I mean, you know, I've been like listening 
incessantly to that Bob Dylan song, uh, Shelter from the Storm, because I I want to like learn how to play it and sing it type of thing. But there's there's a lot of first of all, that song has so many good lines, <laughs> but there's one where he's like he always keeps referencing this like this female entity who is like come in she said i'll give you shelter from the storm and then he talk then he lists all of the terrible things happening to him right he takes takes a few sentences to list all these terrible things and how gross and mucky and yucky life can be and then and then at the end of every refrain it's like come in she said i'll give you shelter from the storm mm-hmm. but then there's this one line where he's like Try imagining a place where all is safe and warm. Come in, she said. I'll give you shelter from the storm. So for me, I'm always thinking about, you know, you're talking about the garden, but I, like more, more, more literally, more physically, it's like you're talking about the womb there, right? Yeah. Uh-huh, where it's yeah. like, you know, you, 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 all your needs are met, right? Yeah. You're safe. You're warm. There's no big, scary world to, to, to navigate. It's the same thing as the Garden of Eden. Oh, all my needs are taken care of and I get, and I'm naked and I don't even know it. And who fucking cares? And, and no one's bothering me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then it's like, we, we, we come out the womb and then no one's been happy about it ever since. It's like, all right, now we got to fucking figure this out because now I'm naked and I got shit to deal with and I, I got to find food somehow. <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's a whole deal. Um, and yeah, I don't so know now what I'm, I just I'm, said. That might have just been me trying to like fill space. That might have just been a dumb thing to say, but I really, I really got down on that. I, I was having a good time talking about that. Stop it! You're no. Um, I was going to say though with the um, so to kind of tie this back to the beginning and the fear and like the the like you talk about the womb and leaving the womb and how everything kind of comes around in circles and healing isn't a linear thing. I think in moments like. You know, we're talking about the threshold of Halloween and where, you know, the spaces, this liminal space we're in more. And I feel like when I hit cycles in my life where I'm crossing a threshold, yeah, it's a death, right? And I'll, that part of me that doesn't want to die gets really paranoid and like starts the fear amps up and it starts projecting in every way. And that fear comes up and I start looking at the past, like, why am I feeling shitty? It must be because of something I've done in the past, like that regressive thing where it's like, no, it's just another threshold and it's another expansion out of like whatever this womb or garden space that I'm in right now into a new type of existence, you know? And I think we're going to keep going through those cycles. Maybe, maybe it's, you know, a a lunar cycle where we kind of go through this every month or every year you know, yeah. like around this time or, or just when big transitions are kind of coming and you're like, you know, you, uh, you need to feel that fear before the next step. Mike, that was a trip watching you. That was a trip watching the video while you said that last part. Cause you were talking about like, perhaps you're, you're at a threshold ready to step into a new way of life or something new right yeah and as you were talking about that it's changed since also by the way as you were talking about that the sun came out from behind the clouds or the lighting in your room changed or whatever happened where suddenly this like as you were talking light was glowing off of your face like yeah yeah because you were saying oh like listen 
it can be scary stepping over this threshold into a new thing, but that new thing is also filled with possibilities and filled with wonder. And of course, it's a hard thing. All, all things that are, are worth something, all fun and exciting and new and cool things are worth the, the, the fear and the pain and the, and the, the struggle to get through that threshold. Right. Yeah. And while you're doing that, dude, your face lit up with oh, with man. sunshine. It was pretty fucking. It was pretty fucking fun to be on my end watching that happen. It was like I was watching a movie. It was like I was watching a movie where the dude's giving like this heartfelt speech at the end that gets everybody uh, ready to like do the final push, like do the final thing that they got to do to 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 you know in the hero's journey to 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 get that to into that next stage or you know get into yeah. that next thing. It was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and um sorry i'm just i'm just saying shit i'm just saying shit i don't even have like a i don't even have like a um uh like a like none of this is none of this is like connecting or making any kind of sense and you're like you keep bringing it back to something that is like like a value i just like i just like watching you when you say cool shit <laughs> I mean, I like you talking about like uh, what lights up on my face when I talk about it. Um, no, same. But you know, I, I, just to bring it back one more time, <laughs> is that <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably been through some thresholds. One, maybe even leaving the church. You know, I, I know we have some active Mormons that listen to this podcast, um, but a lot of our listeners have left the church. And think of that threshold and how scary that was. Leaving that womb of the church where everything felt sure and safe and eternity was guaranteed and you know if you just endured to the end that you were going to be fine you know it was like this sense of safety even if it was a false sense of safety and the courage it takes to leave that space tremendous courage so much fear you know that you're processing whether you left over the course of several years or whether it was a quick like you know what the fuck i'm out kind of thing and so give your credit for yourself for how much fear uh, that you processed in that moment. Also looking back, there's no part of me that wants to go back to that womb of the church. Yeah, yeah that's right. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, 12, 10 years ago, I would never have thought I would say that. We, 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 it's so much fear in leaving these spaces, but then anytime we do, we look back and be like, oh my God, life is so much better now than it was back there and so it's like this you know and I, and i never wonder whether like the church will welcome me back if i return because i know i don't want to go back right but why do i feel that way i guess with the mother and you know the the earth mother of like i still want to be worthy of something to come back but yeah yeah well i think that i, I think that you're hitting the nail on the head though mike like it, because you know we, we've talked a little bit about this, but not a ton, and 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 a lot of I, I don't know because there's there's the stereotype of like leaving the church is a really good example because there's the stereotype of here's why people want to leave the church right and there's like these reasons of you know they want to go sin or they or they you know didn't weren't weren't weren't, weren't praying hard enough there's all sorts of stuff right yeah but you and I both went through it and we would probably be. Uh, uh, we we would probably admit that the pain and the fear and the anguish of leaving the church is one of the toughest things that a person can go through. Cause it's like, you're like, you're actively hoping 
that you're wrong and the church is right the whole fucking time. The whole time you're desperately looking for like, please, please, church, be true. Please yeah. let me find a, a, a way to make it true. And so, then, you know, it's, it's like the tale of as old as time. People go through like sort of a they go from like devout to this like nuanced thing of like, well, you know, OK, like I can see the Book of Mormon and Bible being like just like a good collection of works that 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 are that are like fables that help us oh you know the history of the church is it's it's couched in we don't have the full story history is written by the victors everybody's interpretation of what happens is different so i just got to focus on my faith and then we and then we focus on like oh well maybe the church has gone into different directions than what what was intended but uh, my my relationship the things i've felt my relationship with god my relationship with jesus like it's it, it it's all still of value to me so I can find truth there. I can find the truth of the church. And it's like, no, the whole time it's fucking terrifying and painful and, and, and awful. And and then finally you leave. And even after you leave, you're still like, I'm scared that I've ruined my salvation. I'm scared that my family lineage has been broken by me. I'm the, I'm the weak link in the chain of the, of the eternal, you know, uh, sealing process from the, from what, you know, the temple provides a ceiling to the savior and all that kind of and then even further down the road, you start kind of getting mad. You're like, well, the church dogged me and did this to me and they didn't they, they didn't tell me all the truth and, and, and blah, blah, blah. And then after and then you're still kind of going through that, like, OK, what is my relationship with the Mormon church? And then it kind of comes this thing of like, oh, well, I got to say some shit that I don't like about the church or I got to like start telling people like, oh, you know, this happened and this and this and this because, you know, it's it's like it's like. I'm still kind of scared. I mean, yeah. we've we've talked about it. I didn't I didn't have a sip of tea, alcohol, coffee, anything for like two or three years after I left the church because I was still following the word of wisdom. Same. I still went to church for a year and a half after I no longer believe. Whatever, yeah. Everything came crashing down. I did not believe the church. The church was true. The the stories, and I still went to church for a year and a half because I was terrified of leaving. Same, dude. I think there you were talking about it. There's this thing of like you were hitting on it with what we were talking about earlier, I should say is please let the problem be me. Yeah, please. Yes. I so hope I'm the like, problem. Yeah. I, if I'm the problem, that's so much safer than like, if the church is the problem, if God is the problem. Yeah. And, um, and so I think there's probably a lot of fear too, that we've blocked off in that transition leaving or that we projected out elsewhere. And so I think part of the shadow work is bringing that fear back in and feeling some of that fear that we might have repressed as we were leaving the church so that we could have taken those steps. It's like when you're almost when you're crossing that threshold, like you almost have to suppress some of it because it's yeah. too scary. Yeah. And so it's now too much to handle. on the other side, you know, it's okay for fear to come up some like fear that we likely repressed in that moment when we were leaving. Gosh. I, I kind of, this is turning, I'm loving this conversation because it really is like, like you said, I, I was, I was teaching adult gospel doctrine as someone who actively did not believe the truth claims of the LDS church. Like I was still teaching gospel doctrine. I was still doing all the beats. I was still doing all the like, oh, you know, the uh, Greek translation is like, I was doing all that stuff yeah. thinking that it was just me. It was just, it was just, it was just, I was going through a faith crisis. That's what we use. The term we use is faith crisis. Yeah. 
and that it was going to be something that I'd come out the other end of and be even stronger with my belief in the church. Like I, I knew, I knew it had an, I knew there was a light at the end of the tunnel because it was my, it was, it was me that was the problem. Mm-hmm. I'm the problem. And you're right. Before we started recording, I was telling you the same thing. Like I'm, 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 I'm feeling a thing right now. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a small thing. It's not even a, it's, it's going to be forgotten by the time we're done recording, but it's like, I'm feeling that. And of course I'm like, I'm the problem. The problem is me. And it's just, I got to get through to the other side and I got to keep on, you know, going through the motions and I'll be fine. And I'll, I'll get through the other side. It's just, there can't be, I, I I'm unwilling to accept that it's like this big, it, 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 that I'm right. I'm, I'm unwilling to accept that I'm right. I'm, I'm, I'm only here to accept that I'm experiencing something a little bit different than others seem to be experiencing. And so it must be my, my perspective or my problem that I just have to work through type of thing. I'm yeah. doing it right now. Hmm. That's interesting, huh? Yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up, man. <laughs> and then the one thing, I mean, you talk about the anger that goes back, you know, that feeling of betrayal, cause we were betrayed, you know, we all have this like betrayal trauma with the church and yeah, that's when we can get into it maybe another time. But like, um, just know that that's a real deal too, that betrayal. Oh yeah. And that's like the, I mean, that's one of the ultimate betrayals, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. The, but it's also, you know, in thinking of it, betrayal is also an initiation into a higher state of consciousness. Oh, damn. Like betrayal, like to feel the betrayal, like to be betrayed, like to be in this place of like trust, you need betrayal, you know? And so yeah. if you're in this state of like pure trust where I can just trust everything, it's kind of like being in that garden again, right? That's where we were at in the womb, you know, where everything I can trust everything and then to be betrayed and then now to be out naked in the world. It's yeah. And so we can dive into that another time, but I know we're getting kind of late on time, but (laughs) it can, it can be in the spirit of today's episode, the day after Halloween. So now today, if you're listening to this on the day it came out, it's all saints day. So in the spirit of, of, you know, monsters and fear and scary ghosts, like our episode has been about fear, right? I mean, uh, it's been about, it's been about real fear. So happy Halloween, everyone. Enjoy yourselves. I hope you had a good time. Do you have any other fun facts to leave them with before? I guess the last one I could come up with off off the top of my head, I might've forgotten some of them, but I did like the one about jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah, tell that one. Because I love, I mean, I think that's my favorite part of Halloween is jack-o'-lanterns. Well, so. We're we're calling them today. Oh, you are? Yeah. Yeah, have fun with that. Okay. Yeah, so (laughs) jack-o'-lanterns do come from the the Celtic and Gaelic tradition uh, of of, uh, whatever the hell, Samhain. I, I, I don't know how to say it. It's it's spelled like S A M H E I N, like but it's okay. but it's Gaelic, so I think it's like Samwin or something like that. Okay, and if I'm saying it wrong, apologies to all my Gaelic friends out there. But uh, like, so they used to carve not just I mean pumpkins came later, but it, like turnips, like just any kind of like vegetable, they carve them up and put put lights in them, you know, put candles in them, and it was in honor of this guy Jack, who. Uh, had done something to, gosh, dang it. I've seen, now I've forgotten a couple of things. He did something where God didn't want him and the devil didn't want him. Mm. So he was, 
he wasn't he wasn't welcome in heaven and he wasn't welcome in hell and so he was banished to a life of um being in the in between mm-hmm. as this like shadow character like he had he he had no essence anymore and so he would this this character jack would carry around a lantern looking for uh, a spirit that would uh, be willing to guide him into either he- heaven or hell and uh, so that's where the the concept of those lanterns, because he was always carrying around this lantern. You couldn't quite see his face. And and he was this formless, shadowy uh, entity that had to forever wander looking for light. Wander in darkness looking for light. Yeah. <laughs> kind of interesting, right? Like That's, what, the, that's the cool story to end this thing on, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was kind of fun. I probably missed some really cool shit in there, but it was it was fun reading about that, yeah. Well, that's the fun thing about myths is like, you know, he just kind yeah, of, now it's my myth. Whatever I just said, that's the that's my myth. That's yeah, the one I someone tries to challenge you on it. Well, that's their you know, it's like, yeah, well, that's not how I heard the story. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how I made up the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right on, man. Well, this I is needed this one today, man. This is this is one I needed. I'll bet you know what, Mike, a lot of times these ones it's just you and me. Because what happens is a lot of times we have we have uh, scheduling issues or guests, you know, or me and Mike can't make something. So it, it just kind of gets juggled. And, but a lot of these times when it's just you and me, they, they're not our most listened to episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times they're the ones I need the most in my life. Okay. Just, just on a personal level, like even if no one listens to this one, I needed this this morning. And so it, for me, we've done our job because I am feeling infinitely better than I did when we started today. Same. I was like, uh, you know how I've been and like, yeah. uh, yeah, now I can, I feel like I have the strength to go do this mantra right now for a little bit and we'll see. Hell yeah, dude. Face the fear, <laughs> you know, take yeah. your mask off and, and put your jack-o'-lantern a little bit closer and get and and, and see, look the fear in the eye. Get in, get in there. Yeah. Love it. I will too. All right, buddy. Happy Halloween. Love you. Happy Halloween. I love you, Mike. Love you too. Bye. Bye.